Wall Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Here in America, we love a rags-to-riches story. We love seeing the underdog win. We love seeing people work hard and rise above their circumstances to obtain the American dream. Richard M. Scrushy was just that. He was a man born into a middle-class family. All right, so not rags, but you get my point. Um, Middle-class rags. Middle-class rags. Who he made some bad choices, but then steered his life into a positive direction, a direction that made him the third highest paid CEO in the United States at one point in his life. Bronze ain't bad. He founded Health South, the medical giant that had facilities all over the world. But pride comes before the fall, and Scrushy fell from grace. How did he do it? What happened? Find out today on another episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Is that some Bible shit you put in there again? Is that pride comes before the fall? That sounds like something. It might be. I don't know. I don't know. I just was trying to think. I can't think of anything else. I just, just most of the references you make, I just assume come from the Bible or something related to it. It's either the Bible or sex. The dichotomy of Nina. (laughs) It's a confusing one. I did think today, I was like, Nina, you're so annoying. And I was like, you know what? My parents did this to me. They named me Nina and spelled it Nina. How else would I not? How could I not be annoying? They spell it Nina. That'd be N-E-E-N-A. Thank you. So. Thank you. I agree. They did right by you. Everyone else just wrong by you. I'm on on your side in this. Something that does not happen very often. So yeah, you know the, what? Take the W. You know what though? At least my last name's not Scrushy. Yeah, that uh, I knew would be hilarious hearing it out loud. It is. Uh, I think I'm going to laugh every single time you say it. Why do these people always have the stupidest names? Yeah, they usually do. Like it's never just like John Brown. It's mm-hmm. fucking Scrushy. John Brown. If you ask me again, I'll knock you down. That was on the Little Rascals. Mm. Yes, uh, the great piece of American cinematic history, the Little Rascals. Hey, I loved that show. Hey, I have it on DVD. It's completely wrapped, and I have not opened it, and I got it as a white elephant gift six years ago, but I do have it. The video, the movie, or the show? The movie? There was a show? Yes, there was a show, black and white, back in the day. It's so good. No, not, not not the old person one. I like the old person when I watched a lot of Little Rascals growing up. That explains a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Richard M. Scrushy. What does the M stand for? My butt. Great one. The comedic stylings of Nina Kern. <laughs> I remember that's like that one time I showed I should did something and you were like, wow, you're my only friend who's ever performed at Laugh Factory. Still true. And it's still true. Still true. What does the M stand for? My butt. (laughs) 
I bet your set kills for all the fifth graders you perform for. <laughs> They're usually not my target audience. <laughs> I uh, know I've heard your set. I yeah, I don't need to know that. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, the kid I used to nanny for was like, "Can you tell me your jokes?" And no, I was like, "No." Not even thirty seconds of them. I, I can't dance. tell you one joke, dude. <laughs> not one. Oh my god. Oh, they're bad. Yes, not not bad in the bad way. They're though, NSFW. There we go. Never mind. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Great. Let's get on. This, right, let's get on. You're going to have to edit so much shit out of that. Okay. Can't wait. Every single week. I know. <laughs> All right. So today we are going to be talking about mostly Richard M. Scrushy, but also about the company that he founded called Health South. That's a real name. Health South. One word, capital H, capital S. No space. Stupid. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who really needed to write it down. Correctly. Well, it was very annoying to type. So anyways... So it was founded on February 22nd, 1984. Now, I want to give you some background on Mr. Scrushy. He was born in August 1952 in Selma, Alabama. He was born to a middle class family. His father was a cash register repairman, which is very niche. And his mother was a nurse and respiratory therapist. So we know who made more money. Um, it's the respiratory therapist. That was my guess. Um, he was pretty impressive at a young age. He taught himself how to play the piano and the guitar. But uh, what? I couldn't do that. No, but like, well. Okay, I don't know. I could, t- I, I could say I taught myself to play the piano, but I could only play Hot Cross Heart Bun. and Soul. Oh, this, I don't know that one. Da, 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 da. I only knew how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. That's like three notes, bro. Four. But anyways, he taught himself how to play that. But um, when he was 17, he really let his parents down and he dropped out of high school, which was pretty dumb. And he got married because he knocked this girl up. So close. He was one year away. Dude, literally. Just stay, bro. So in the early years of his marriage, he lived in a trailer park in Selma and worked manual labor jobs. Hell yeah. And after a, quote, run in with a boss, his boss ran into his fist is my guess. He said, fuck this shit. And he went back to school and got his GED. What a power move. Punch your boss. I'm going to get my GED. God damn it. <laughs> That's probably what he sounded like, too, because we're in Alabama. Oh, um, yeah, they sent Alabama. Like, I'm getting my GED. My GED. My GED. Mama always said that a GED was like a box of chocolates. I don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you do know what you're going to get, though. You do know what you're going to (laughs) get. I don't have one. All right. Well, after completing his J.E.D., he followed his mother's footsteps and studied respiratory therapy. How cute. I know. He's a mama's boy. Upon graduation, he took a teaching position at University of Alabama at Birmingham, where which is where he graduated from. He then divorced his wife that he... Actually, I should say he divorced his child bride because they were both 17 when they got married. Well, he was also... A, okay, you can't say child bride if they're both children. <laughs> they're the same they're just, age. But then he's a child groom. Yeah, but when you say it from one side, you're like, he divorced his child bride? It's funny. Just... <laughs> 
Just I, out of context, I, he's a bad guy. Whatever we can call him a pedophile too. I don't care. No, he wasn't. A, I don't know about that. Okay, they were both children. We knew it wasn't going to work out. They were seventeen when they got married. It doesn't typically uh, end well. Yeah, that's fair. They got divorced. He took another teaching position at another college where he met and married his second wife. He had six children between those two women, and that's too many damn kids. How do you keep up with all of them? Like you got to go back to visit the first ones, right? Yeah. You know, you got the second ones with you, but then you got to go get the first ones. That's too much. Well, I, don't, I don't have time for that. Well, wait, there's more. He divorced his second wife in 1996. Hell yeah, King. Third time's the charm. Rebounded and met his third wife in 1997. At this point, he was the CEO of Health South. He was making a lot of money. Um, and I'm guess I, their wedding was pretty extravagant because it was in Jamaica. And uh, Martha Stewart mm. was actually at their wedding. And they have three children, so he's got to- a total of nine kids. Damn. A lot of fucking kids. Damn. That's a lot of fucking kids. Um, and he, he and that woman are reportedly still married. So Man. third time is a charm. Christmas must suck, dude. You have met you imagine having to buy gifts for nine different children? I'd start buying them all the same thing because I can't. I, can't I mean, keep, you might as well just I give them all track. money. Just give them all money. Yeah, it's like you all get fifty bucks. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Actually, that's four hundred and fifty dollars. Well, when Ugh. you have nine kids, yeah, I guess. In the late 1970s, Scrushy was offered a position at Life LifeMark Corporation, which is a Houston-based healthcare company. After a few years at the company, Slushy... <laughs> slushy! You put Slushy in here, too. I know. That's hilarious. <laughs> just like, is not Slushy. Just like, he was actually... Slushy is actually the founder of the ice drink that sold at 7-Eleven. Richard M. Slushy, not to be confused with Richard M. Scrushy. Scrushy became the COO of LifeMark. And while he was working at LifeMark, Scrushy... Came up with a plan for outpatient diagnostics and rehabilitative health clinics. And uh, LifeMark was not able to go through with this plan because they were already merging with another company. And so Scrushy ended up leaving LifeMark in 1990, I'm sorry, 1983, and he founded Amcare Incorporated. Well, you're like, hold up, what? Amcare Incorporated in 1983? But I thought HealthSouth was founded in 1984. Well, that's because he changed the name from Amcare to HealthSouth in 1984. And they both, both of those names suck. Um, I would, I would uh, ask you to show me a healthcare corporation that has a cool name. Thorac. What? That's a hospital in Boys Town. No, it's still stupid. All right. I was like, I'm not like, there's never, you're never going to tell me a hospital name and me be like, that's fucking badass. If I ever break an arm, I'm fucking going there. That's dope. I'm go- let's go to Thorac. It's a very manly sounding hospital. Like, no, that's not Swedish covenant. Like none of them are kick ass is all I'm saying. Swedish covenant. It sounds like a, like a cult. Yeah. Well, you went there to get your head stapled together. I didn't have a choice. I had a concussion. I didn't know where they were taking me. They just took me <laughs> to the nearest one. They could have taken you to some guy's basement and you just would have went. I mean, sure. If the guy knew how to stitch me up and charged reasonable rates, I'd go there. <laughs> He's got to put a couple of staples in. Can't be that hard. The American healthcare, because my friends, it sucks. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the first facility of Health South was founded in Little Rock, Arkansas, and later it be- they opened up another. Um, facility in Birmingham. Now, the headquarters are based in Birmingham, Alabama, but they're actually technically a Delaware company. Mm-hmm. 
which is weird, but that's just how it goes. They're just incorporated in Alabama. Yeah. Alabama. Alabama. Um, its initial capital was between fifty and seventy thousand um, dollars. It's not a lot to start a whole ass fucking health chain corporation, no, right? No, even in the nineteen eighties. No, but two years after it was founded, Health South became a publicly traded company, and the next year it expanded into two fields, which included workman's comp and sports medicine. This allowed the company to double its earnings and gain assets close to a hundred million dollars. And they literally went from being a small startup company with seventy thousand dollars to being in the S and P four hundred at the time in less than ten years. It was actually after two years when they went public. Their IPO just a little bit afterwards. They became. They entered the uh, S and P four hundred, so they like, like got there fast. They did. They really did. So it was pretty impressive. And by the early nineties, the company had expanded and had facilities in all fifty states and had a revenue of one hundred and eighty one million dollars. Damn. And then over the next ten years, Health South sports medicine programs ended up gaining international attention, and they were linked to star athletes like Bo Jackson, who is an American baseball and football player. You don't know Bo Jackson? You put that in here? I don't know. He's like what? He's a feat. Of sports. He was good at baseball and football at the same time. He played both sports and he was like an all-star and an all and a Pro Bowl selection in both sports at the same time. No one has ever the only other person who even got close to that is a Deion Sanders, who's in the football hall of fame. But was also really good on the Atlanta Braves. He played for the Falcons and the Braves back in the day. That is impressive. Bo Jackson, oh my god. He could like He's like he was so strong. I'm gonna go on a Your rant shot here. Is so he was, mad I, me right I, now. It's just he was so strong that he tore the only he the only reason that his career ended is because he hurt himself because he was too strong. Someone was trying to pull him down, and he pushed so hard that he pulled his own leg out of his socket, like with what? his muscles. Yeah, and then it ended up pinching a nerve that he ended up having to get a whole hip replaced, and that's oh, what, fuck. that is why he was never as good anymore. But. He like would he he would just like run up walls to like catch fly balls and stuff. He's insane. Was he on steroids? No, he was just huge. Damn. So, all right. Well, I didn't know. Now I know. Um, sorry, everybody. But anyways, Bo Jackson actually ended up serving as president of Health South Sports Medicine Council, which is interesting. What a good president to have. Yes. Well, other notable starts, sports stars who were involved with the company were Roger Clemens. Who Get him in the Hall of Fame. It's his last year on the ballot. Who? Roger Clemens. Okay. Well, he was a baseball player. Yeah. he's vote, on. Vote for him. Well, he's kind of a dick. That's why no one, that's not why no one's voting for him, but he was a good player. Well, he was also involved in Health South. Jack Nicklaus, which is a golfer. I don't got anything to say about him. <laughs> Kyle Petty, who is a race car driver. Um... Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, they're basketball players, if you didn't know. Wow, no way. Only the two most recognized basketball players ever? It's a joke. I was joking. They were the only two people I knew from the list. And Lucio Carlos Conjario Souza, who is a football soccer player. Dude, I love Lucio Carlos Conjario Souza. 
He's a uh, Philip J. Souza's great great grandson, the guy who wrote all of the uh, the marches. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah, I, I, don't I knew know I knew that there. actually. Um, and in its heyday, Health South employed more than fifty thousand physicians. They had over two thousand facilities in the United States, but also internationally. And some of the international locations include Puerto Rico, Australia, and the UK. Um, it was also recognized as. Quote, the nation's largest provider of outpatient surgery and rehabilitative and diagnostic healthcare services. They would see over 120,000 patients daily. And in 1997, they had around $106 million in earnings. Scrushy was the, like I said earlier, Scrushy was the third highest paid CEO in the United States. That's on the metal stand. We take that. Yeah, I take it. Podium. That's what it's called. Fuck. <laughs> So, like, we've been, yeah, okay, I'm not the only one who doesn't know words. Anyways, so <laughs> as we've been talking about, Health South had tremendous success in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. But questions about finances started to arise as early as 1989. Oh, no. Oh, no. How could that be? An internal auditor alleged that he was fired for bringing attention to the financial problems and claimed that he was pressured to meet earnings targets. And in 1991, Medicare actually accused HealthSouth of illegally adding costs to reports for outpatient physical therapy, as well as inpatient rehabilitation admissions. It's just, you know, some standard Medicare fraud. Well, this was Everyone reminding does me, it, right? This was reminding me of the episode, you're going to kill me because I don't remember, where with the blood work where they were adding. Theranos? Yeah, Literally Theranos. The, like the yeah, most Theranos. pop culture one that we've done. I was like, I think it's Theranos, but then I thought... Maybe it's not. It's Theranos. It was Theranos, where they were lying about the blood work. It reminded me of that. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> uh, you need to go listen to I the episode, because you already forgot again. everything. I need to listen to it again. <laughs> All right, anyways. So this is what they were doing. Scrushy saw that injuries to feet, hands, knees, and hips were becoming more and more frequent. Who has these problems? Old people! Right? What? <laughs> Well, he was noticing a trend that, like, people were needing more rehabilitative services for these things. For, this is what we've listed as, like, most of the human body. I know, but, like, old people! <laughs> okay. They uh, need hip replacements. They need knee replacements. They have to have their feet cut off. <laughs> kidding about the, dark, bro. They have diabetes. They need amputations. <laughs> Who's eligible for Medicare, Kishan? Is, is it old people, Nina? Yes. Okay. The geriatrics. And at the time, the government was giving huge health care subsidies to hospitals. So what Scrushy was doing, he used this financing to aggressively acquire competing companies so that he could receive more government money. And it actually worked out for him. And from 1987 to 1997, Health South po- posted yearly double-digit profit increases, and their stock grew on average 31% per year. It was pretty good. Yeah. Well, in 1998, Medicare changed its funding arrangements so that they could avoid exploitations and payments by $100 billion. Now, Scrushy was like, this isn't going to affect Health South. (laughs) But profits dropped by 93% by the end of the year. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, which it's not shocking considering like the business model he had constructed for himself. So, it's not, you know, out of the realm of reason. But even though Health Sales. Health South sales grew by 5% from 1999 to 2001. Health South's net 
income rose almost 500%. Nice, because Crushy started in OnlyFans. Mm, so he is hot. That's on the balance sheet. Um, Wait, is he actually hot? No, he, I have no okay, idea. Because like, I was like, you said it very convincingly. Um, I'm going to put it on the street. I mean, he had nine children, so I guess he Richie, Richard, Richie, Scr- Richie, Scrushy? <laughs> Delph. That's disgusting. Dilf with Richie a jump truck. Rushy. He's got to be a gilf by this point. He's old as fuck <laughs> if he's still alive. 1952. It's pretty old. We're almost in 2022. That is 50 years and 70 years old. Yeah, 70. Gilf putting it on the books with a dump truck. <laughs> Call me Richie. Aren't you? He's a felon. You like bad boys, right? Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. That all like that they were losing all this money because Medicare changed their shit. Um, Health South was also being accused of fraud. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Alabama said that Health South had improperly billed Medicare for therapy by students, interns, athletic trainers, and other unlicensed aides. He's bringing some guy named Greg. I don't know. Move your knee. I don't know. Just move it. Anyway, that'll be five thousand dollars Medicare. There were other lawsuits stating that HealthSouth had abused Medicare by, quote, billing for services it never provided, delivering poor care, and treating patients without a formal plan of care and using unlicensed therapists. I see that there's there's a line item here for KISS, and that line item happens 18 times. KISS the boo-boo? You charge $500 per KISS? This is, this is just ridiculous. Every KISS <laughs> begins with cash. Oh, my God. Never have I once been paid to kiss someone. Yet. The optimistic night. (laughs) Yet. One day. One day. All right. Well, in March 2003, the SEC actually filed a civil suit against Scrushy and HealthSouth, alleging that HealthSouth falsified at least $2.7 billion worth of profit between 1996 and 2002. And HealthSouth agreed to pay the government $325 million on December 30th, 2004 in order to settle the allegations. That's what, like... Not enough. Yeah, less than like an eighth of what they supposedly billed? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a slap on the wrist at that point. Well, absolutely. And it was said that by 1999, um, HealthSouth had overstated earnings by at least $1.4 billion in order to meet expectations and by the third quarter of in 2002 health south's assets were overstated by at least 800 million yeah and in the end health south's executives had perpetrated a 2.7 billion of accounting fraud and once the scandal went public health south's share price plummeted 35 to 35 cents a share which cost shareholders millions of dollars so how were they doing this exactly how were they claiming all these false earnings well they probably got martha stewart to help them she cook was, she was at the wedding the books she was at the wedding <laughs> well weston smith who was the company's cfo at one point the second cfo because the first guy quit. yes he quit because he was like Shady stuff. So he quit. And he was a co-founder with Scrushy. He fa- he helped found the company. Yes. Was that guy Bean or Beam? Yeah, Aaron Beam. Um, And it was because he gave him like like 5,000 
like he, he let him buy like 5,000 shares or something for yeah. like really cheap. Yes. And then he ended up becoming just like a millionaire and like, yes. like a multimillionaire in two years. Yes. Because so, yeah, that in the initially when the company, when he first came on board, yeah, he bought like 100,000 shares for like, or no, thought I, I'm fucking up the numbers, but it doesn't, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, like overnight he became a millionaire. I know. I remember reading because he gives like talks now about the scandal and about like ethics in business or whatever. Um, and he had this whole thing where he was like, he's like, I saw people with these like super nice ties. So I went and bought $30,000 worth of ties. Hermes ties. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like he was literally like, I got greedy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, All these guys are greedy. Mm. All of these guys are greedy. Um, but so Weston Smith became the CFO after Aaron Beam resigned. Um and Weston Smith, he was cooking some books, man. But he actually ended up becoming the whistleblower, and he came out and stated that he had been committing statement fraud. You know what they say about snitches. They get stitches. They are integral in preventing future crimes yes, and also getting are. convictions for ones that are currently happening. I yeah, think that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, Scratchy was making them cook the books and commit and um falsifying statements because he didn't want to report poor earnings to Wall Street. And so he manipulated the top executives to cook the books. Yeah, I think uh, I, I read another another thing because they both actually do that where they go talk about ethics now. Um, and I guess he was like, like Scrushy was like tyrannical as a leader. Yeah. Like he was, he was a jerk and he was the kind of person that I think they talked about coming to him with the earnings and being like, yeah. we're going to report a loss. And he got like visibly upset and yeah. started yelling at them. I, the th one thing I read said like his face got red. Yeah. And he I was like, go same. fucking figure it out. And they're like, you know, he's like, you know that there are ways to fix it. So go fix it. And then literally saying stuff like, and if anyone ever finds out about it, I'm going to deny everything. I'm like, at that point, just like, don't. And I felt like with, with what I read, like the loss wasn't that great. Like it wasn't something that was like totally crazy. No. And I, I don't, and he, yeah, I don't like, it wouldn't have hurt him that badly to be honest. It's kind of like when we were talking, like the Martha Stewart episode where really she wasn't going to lose that much money. Like mm -hmm. if you look at all the money she has, she was going to lose $133,000, which is a drop in the bucket. Like for him to not report like, crazy earnings wasn't going to kill him. Yeah, you can, like, the thing is, is, like, you can report a loss every now and again. It's normal. You know, but but once you start, it's the same thing with all of the other companies that we talked about circa this time period, um, Enron and Tyco and WorldCom, where they get into this, like, self, this, like, self-propelling uh, cycle where they report higher numbers and, but then they have to beat those numbers on the next earnings, so they have to cook the books even more to do it then, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse with every quarter. And at some point, house of cards, it all falls in. Yeah. This is just another one of those. Yeah. Um, even though Weston Smith did blow the whistle on what was happening, he did end up getting 27 months in prison for what he had done. Which was a solid amount of time because uh, Beam got like six months yeah and they yeah. were charged with the same things and convicted on the same things but they went in front of different judges yeah and one of the judges was like six months and then the other one was like you're doing more than two years <laughs> he wow, served all wow. of it too he served all 27 Did. he didn't get released early at all he didn't have good behavior 
Yeah, he was just in there. You know, you know those finance guys just beating people up in prison. I've I've heard. <laughs> I heard that's what they do. I don't know about you, but they're scary. I've heard scary that. guys. Well, Scrushy ended up. So Scrushy gets arrested. He ends up having two different trials. Um, one in Birmingham and one in Montgomery. But I'm going to talk about the one the about the Birmingham trial first. Um, so on February 6, 2003, the FBI began an investigation on Health South for pop- possible securities law violations. So a criminal complaint was filed against Health South CFO, who we just talked about, Weston Smith, and civil charges were gun- brought against Scrushy by the SEC. Scrushy was the first CEO to be tried under the Surveillance. Oxley Act on November 4th, 2004. Now, the Surveillance-Oxley Act is a federal law that mandates certain practices in financial record keeping and reporting for corporations. It's also known as the Co- Company Accounting Reform and Investor Protection Act. It's lo- also loving, lovingly referred to as Sucks. Much easier to S-O-X. say that than um, the Company Accounting Reform and Investor Protection Act. Also, the Sarbanes-Oxley, we've talked about before because it was made as a direct response to the Enron scandal. Yes. So these were going on at the same time, and this came out, and it took down a bunch of other you know, companies, because before this, they only use GAAP, the general, generally accepted accounting principles, and anything that you could do in that was deemed okay. But they decided to crack down on it because people were using it to manipulate the book so often. Yeah. So. Kind of interesting. Go socks. Go socks. Scrushy was initially charged with 85, 85 counts of conspiracy, money laundering, securities fraud, and mail fraud. Dang. He only he ended up only being indicted with just 36 counts. Um, Scrushy was accused of intimidating, threatening, and giving out cash payments to coerce top Health South executives into committing fraud. Um, then it got weird because the top executives, they would call themselves the family, um, which is also a very good ne- Netflix docuseries that has nothing to do with oh, this. I watched the, watch the first episode of that. It was very good. It was very interesting. I guess I should finish it. Also, it does get a little repetitive like Netflix docuseries typically do, but mm. it was pretty good. But anyway, they call themselves the family because they're kind of like mafia. They like wanted to be like mafia basses. Dumbass. Oh, yeah. He told, um, he told, uh, what's his name? Weston when he wanted, so he wanted to quit. But when the Sarbanes-Oxley mm-hmm. Act was coming out before he signed the agreement, because they basically all public companies had to sign the agreement that they would go forward with Sarbanes-Oxley. And he was like, you understand what it would look like if you quit right now, like a CFO quits a Fortune 500 company right before the Sarbanes-Oxley Oxley, uh, like document is signed. He's like, this is like a mafia family. You don't just get out, I think is what he said. It's not that serious, bro. So he decided to sign it. And then decided to to whistleblow. Uh, He made some bad choices. Yeah, he was not the brightest bulb in the box. But what makes this even more interesting interesting is that many members uh, members of the family were former Erst and Young auditors. And they were able to keep the fraud from the public for so long because they were deceiving the audit engagement team. Which is the one that um, that they handle all of the weddings. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of them. Um, they would refer to their accounting as filling the gap. Hot. <laughs> he just like he just like <laughs> sunk in his chair because he knew what he did. <laughs> I did. I made a Nina joke. He did. Um, they attempted to hide false earnings by inflating balances of accounts such as fixed assets and estimated insurance reimbursements. Then multiple chief executives actually testified against Scrushy, but the prosecution was not able to produce any material evidence that he had been part of the fraudulent accounting. Where are all the emails? Every single other case we talk about, they all say shit over email. Obviously, Scrushy was just way more careful, I guess. I'm guessing maybe it was all verbal and they had no like... You probably learned from Enron. He's like, okay, don't don't talk about the fraud extremely openly in, in internal in emails. Do um, the fraud. <laughs> S- the subject line, the fraud. CC the entire company. Do the fraud <laughs> Do is the, the fraud. subject line. <laughs> um, but Scrushy really did a lot of work to make himself look good during and before the trial. Well, he is a he is a gilf, so. Yeah. He didn't he, need a lot of work. Well, he did go on. He went on 60 Minutes when he was part of a segment called Cooking the Books. He and his wife began hosting a Christian ch- television show called The Viewpoint and back to 40 Day Prayer Movement. And yeah, he and church people never do anything wrong. So never. That's, that's pretty good. Never. And he and his wife also joined a predominantly black church called Guiding Light Church. Now, you may be wondering why I pointed out the fact that the church was predominantly black. Well, he was most definitely trying to sway the jury because 70% of Birmingham's population is black and 11 out of the 18 jurors were also black. I don't think that would sway them. I don't I like I feel like if I went to a predominantly black church they'd be like what are you doing here? I don't know. But um it worked and following the deliberations Scrushy was acquitted of all charges on June 28th 2005. Scrushing now. <laughs> That's not even a word. How did autocorrect give you scrushing? I don't know. <laughs> I was typing it out on my computer. That's probably how. It was like at least slushy is a word. Right? All right. Well, now let's talk about the Montgomery trial. And on October 26, 2005, which was only four months after his acquittal in Birmingham, Scrushy was indicted by a federal grand jury in Montgomery. He was indicted on 30 counts of racketeering, money laundering, extortion, obstruction of justice, and bribery of Alabama's governor at the time, Don Siegelman. Prosecutors claimed that Scrushy said that he would pay $500,000 of Siegelman's debt that he got when he attempted to bring state lottery to Alabama in exchange for a seat on the Certificates of Need Review Board. Who does that sound like? Rod Blagojevich? Yep. Our first episode ever. Got it. Got it. What is the Certificates of Need Review Board? So the Certificates of Need Review Board (laughs) reviews hospitals and approves of their construction. So it's a no-brainer that Scrushy wanted to be on the board. There are all these... Stupid fucking committee. I understand that they're necessary, but it's just like, how do we, like, how do people keep track of all the stupid random committees? The committee, the committee for children ice skating, uh, the, the, the committee for the new kinds of cereal that are released seasonally. Like the committee what, for the children ice skating while eating cereal. Like what? This is dumb. <laughs> I, I know. I, and I agree with you, but, uh, Scrushy's attorney claimed that the charges were being, were only being brought forward because of 
the outcome of the trial in Birmingham, but the charges had been filed a month before his Birmingham trial. So ended. suck it, Scrushy. Yeah. And both Scrushy and Siegelman pled not guilty, but they both got convicted. <laughs> I get dunked on. Sucks to suck. Um, Scrushy was convicted of bribery, conspiracy, and mail fraud. And Sie- Triple threat. Yep. And Siegelman was convicted of bribery, conspiracy, mail fraud, and obstruction of justice. But then Scrushy got in trouble with his probation officer. He had a run-in with the probation officer. He did. Just hit another person. He did. <laughs> um, while he was awaiting sentencing, Scrushy violated the conditions of his bond for leaving. Wait for it. Disney World. Happiest place on earth, Nina. You got to go. I know. Um, so he left Disney World. He went to Palm Beach instead, took a boat, and sailed to Miami. I, I'd hate this. Like, I feel like if you're waiting sentencing, you should be sitting at home thinking about what you've done. I mean, yeah, but no one no one does that. That's boring. He wanted to spend his last free days <laughs> with World. Mickey Mouse. Okay. Mickey and Minnie. You think, you think Walt didn't pull some creative accounting or some shit? Oh, of course he did. Yeah. I mean, I don't have proof, but I'm sure he did. I I think, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mickey is probably at least committed securities fraud a couple of times. Someone who played Mickey has. Someone who's been friends with Mickey. Oh, oh boy. Oh, uh, I committed mail fraud. Uh, you better uh, get those numbers looking right or I swear to God I'm going to murder all of you. This is the family. The Disney family. This is a good Mickey Mouse impression. Oh. So him doing all that, it led him to being put on house arrest with an ankle bracelet. And on June 28, 2007, Scrushy was sentenced to six years and 10 months in a federal prison. He was ordered to pay $267,000 to United Way of Alabama, three years probation and a fine of $150,000. He also had to do 500 hours of community service. Siegelman was also charged and had to serve seven years and 10 months in prison. Oh, man. Restitution of $181,000 to, wait, sorry, $181,325 to the state, very specific number. And later, he didn't end up having to give the money back, which I think is stupid. But you see, not only Illinois governors get sent to prison. Yep. Alabama governors do too. Yes, they All right? do. Um, the two men actually briefly shared a cell in Atlanta, Georgia, oh. which I think is cute. That is so cute. Oh, my God. Scrushy tried to appeal, but the Supreme Court rejected it. Good on them. Good on them. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like, not today, bitch. Like, I'm not. We got more important shit to do. She's like, I'm trying to give women rights over their uterus. Not today. Not today. And not really today, huh? Not, yeah, not today either. Mm. But wait, there's more. On May 7th, 2009, Scrushy went back to Alabama to testify in a civil trial. A former, Some former Health South investors sued him for recompense for money lost during the fraud. Now, the whole time, 
Scrushy claimed he did nothing wrong, of course. He still, to this day, denies it. Yeah, he still will say, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Freaking idiot. He's horrible. But on June 18th, 2009, the judge ordered that Scrushy pay $2.87 billion in damages. The judge said Scrushy knew of and actively participated in the fraud, and he also called Scrushy the CEO of fraud. Sick burn, Judge. He's like, you're the, he's like, what are you? You're the CEO of fraud. Oh my god. Scrushy appealed, but he lost his appeal, and Scrushy was released from federal federal custody on July twenty fifth, two thousand and twelve. What happened to Health South? Is it still a thing? Well, after the charges were brought against Scrushy, the company did an emergency meeting in order to save themselves. They fired Scrushy. Hell yeah. They got advice from J.P. Morgan Chase and hired a reconstructing firm called Alvarez and Marshall to get their finances together. And this was really shocking to me. But by the end of 2003, the company was able to reorganize its finances and avoided filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Damn. And they were they were penny stocks at one point, too. So that's crazy. Um, The company completely got rid of anything that hinted at the existence of Scrushy. And in 2007, the company said it would sell more than 600 outpatient centers for about $245 million in cash. They also sold their um, surgery center division for $920 million in 2007. And they just kept selling stuff, but I'd be here for like four more minutes talking about everything that they sold, so um, no one really wants to hear about all that. But they sold a bunch of shit, and they got their, they got their shit together. All right? And now... They are not called Health South. They're called Encompass Health. Slightly less stupid. I think I'm going to go out, go on a limb and say that. They now have a revenue of over $4 billion and have over 43,000 employees in 2009. And they are the largest. I'm sorry, 2019. And they are the largest operators of rehab uh, hospitals in the nation. Yes, they are. So they bounced back. So... It's hard to build a company from the ground up. It takes time, effort, and a little greed. But when your greed becomes so encompassing, Ah, very nice, that it takes over your entire life, it will lead to your ultimate downfall. Richard Scrushy allowed himself to be completely taken over by greed, so much so that it cost him the company he worked so incredibly hard for. He got what was coming for him, which, as we know, doesn't normally happen. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thus concludes the story of Richie Scrushy. Yeah, suck it. The hey, do you think that he also name. has a um a cameo? Uh, no, because no, <laughs> no one knows who the fuck this guy is except for us and everyone who just listened to this episode. I, nope. wanna, I want a cameo from Richard Scrushy for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Be like, Richard Scrushy, I will pay you $80 for a cameo. It's because he's hot, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. I just want to lie to him the way we ro- lied to Rob Leboyevich. <laughs> That's still so funny. <laughs> I still see him. I see him so many times. I haven't seen him in a while. Literally, time. I see him all, like... Every, like, it, twice a month to go into work. Really? Yeah, he's always out there. He's always running right here on this road. You uh, should get his autograph. Be like, hey, Rob Blaboyevich, sign my ass. It's like, hey, hey, Rod, um, I, I don't know if you know this. I bought a cameo from you. And he's like, he's like, I Are know I've only sold one <laughs> in, in the past six months. 
Are you Kichan? Kichan. <laughs> Kichan. Kichan. It's like, yeah, you said my name really weird. You said it wrong. Why did you talk for so long? It was it was eight and a half minutes, Rod. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. I think they're only supposed to be forty five seconds. Uh, you you don't got much going on, huh? It's just it's just recording that one cameo and running, and that's that's all you that's got in your life. Literally it. That's and, literally it. And your your moth, your little musty mothballs. Tarantula has to eat something. <laughs> Hey, see, you remembered something. There I we go. Something that's all. Me. That's more than a year ago. I'm I'm very proud of you. Thank United. you. Thank you so much. Very proud of you. Well, if you like listening to us and listening to episodes like Rod Blavoyevich, I can never say his I'm name. I'm about right. to say you've said his name three different <laughs> ways in the last 30 seconds. <laughs> I started just doing it on purpose. Rod Blavoyevich. <laughs> it's like as long as the B's at the beginning and the Vich is at the end, you're like, I don't I care don't what's in the middle. care what comes out of my mouth. Um, I never care about what comes out out of my mouth and if you like listening to what comes out of my mouth and Kishan- say what comes out of my mouth one more goddamn time <laughs> what i'm trying to get at is please go like us and rate us on itunes because our analytics show that 80 percent of you are listening on itunes right now and it's the only place that will let us get ratings so we love a five star i'm really having a hard time right now all right so anyways we love a five-star review but we also welcome honest reviews we love an honest review with constructive criticism on how to make things better like this outro that i'm trying to do right now um but you know we're available on spotify there's a lot of other places to follow us such as our facebook at facebook.com slash white collars red hands our twitter at white collars pod our instagram at white collars underscore red hands we also have a website www.whitecollarsredhands.com where you can go buy merch which is an unfree way to support us but it is the holiday season so if you want to get your mom that coffee mug that she's been wanting all year or a cozy sweater because you live in an apartment and don't have a fireplace that's the place to go do it go buy our merch and support us um share us another great way to support us for free, it's just tell your friends about the show. And on YouTube. Yeah. You can go to YouTube, uh, watch us there on Entertainment Buffet's channel. Uh, we get a cut of the profits there, and uh, we have a really good relationship. We're actually going to be appearing. Uh, you know, we've got something coming up with them. I'll just leave it at that, I guess. I'll leave it a little secret, a little secret, secret for you guys. Secret. Um, that we're going to be collabing on something very soon. So we're really excited about that. Um, and once again, yeah, the, the best thing you can do for us is just tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth. Yeah, tell a friend. <laughs> Tell them you like what what comes out of our mouth, uh, as Nina uh, put it. Uh, and you know, if if you like it, let them know. They'll like it too. And then if you don't like it, uh, tell your enemies, and we'll bore them to death. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. I think that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, happy holidays from us at White Collars Red Hands, and we will see you next time on another episode of. White collars, red hands. I'm dreaming of a white collar Christmas. <laughs> Just like the ones I used to know. May your hands be merry and red. And may all your collars be white. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs>